This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Some areas of our country are doing very well. Others are doing less well. It will probably, unfortunately, get worse before it gets better. From this evening, I must give the British people a very simple instruction. You must stay at home. We can no longer, from today onwards, be proud. We can no longer sit back and remain silent on the senseless, unlawful killings, sly racism of another human being based only on what? Their skin colour. We are worried that um, the Chinese Communist Party make use of the evil law to further suppress Hong Kong people. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? Hi everyone and welcome to Where We Are with Nina Zoe Porter, your breakdown of all the key events in the world from the past seven days, all in one bite-sized podcast. For today's episode, here's what happened in the world this week. Uh, the people of, the, uh, of our countries now want us to, to focus on. They want us to be sure that we're beating the pandemic together and discussing how we'll never have a repeat of what we've seen, but also that we're building back better. This week, world leaders have gathered in Cornwall in the southwest of England to begin their talks at the G7 summit. The G7, Group of Seven, is an organisation made up of the world's seven largest so-called advanced economies, including the USA, the UK, France, Germany, Canada, Japan and Italy. Global coronavirus vaccinations and climate change are due to be the focus of the summit between the leaders of the seven nations. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson says leaders around the world need to move forward to ensure they do not repeat the same mistakes as in the last 18 months. He also said the world needs to build back from the pandemic together. And building back greener and building back fairer and building back more equal and uh, how shall I, more, in, in, in a more gender neutral and perhaps like a more feminine way. How about that, apart from anything else? The UK has announced it will donate at least 100 million surplus coronavirus vaccine doses within the next year. US President Joe Biden also made similar promises. And today, we're taking a major step that will supercharge the global fight against this pandemic. In my direction, the United States will purchase an additional half billion doses from Pfizer, Pfizer vaccine, that will donate nearly 1 
After private talks between the UK and the US, Boris Johnson called US President Joe Biden terrific and said the US-UK alliance is an indestructible relationship. Seven people have been arrested after two vehicles were stopped and searched about three miles from the G7 summit venue. At least 500 climate protesters have joined a parade in St Ives. More than 5,000 extra police officers, on top of 1,500 from Devon and Cornwall, are working around the summit. And next. A year and a half ago, we we exposed Iran's secret nuclear archive, which revealed that Iran was developing five nuclear warheads as early as 2003. Last year, we exposed Iran's secret nuclear warehouse in Turkizabad, which Iran used for storing materials and equipment for its secret nuclear program. This week, the outgoing head of Israeli spy agency, Mossad, has given a revelatory interview about the country's operations against Iran. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu appointed Yossi Cohen as Mossad chief in late 2015. He joined the agency in 1982 after studying at university in London and told the programme he had hundreds of passports throughout his career. Mr Cohen retired as the head of Mossad last week. Following his retirement, he spoke to journalist Ian Dayan on Channel 12's Yuda documentary programme, which was broadcast on Israeli television on Thursday night. He gave details about the theft of Iran's nuclear archive. The warehouse raid in 2018 ferried tens of thousands of documents out of the country to Israel. He also hinted at Israeli involvement in the destruction of Iran's nuclear facility, Natanz, and the assassination of the nuclear scientist. The most revelatory moments in the interview were about the theft of Iran's nuclear archive. In 2018, Israeli PM Benjamin Netanyahu unveiled what he claimed to be Iran's secret atomic archive. Mr Netanyahu revealed the stolen files at a press conference, which he said proved Iran once covertly tried to make nuclear weapons and had secretly retained the know-how, an allegation Iran denied. A key part of the plan was to form new organisations to continue the work. This is how Dr Mohsen Fakhizadeh Head of Project Ahmad put it. Remember that name, Fakhizadeh. So here's his directive. It's right here. Yossi Cohen said in the interview that it took two years to plan the operation. In total, 20 Mossad agents were involved on the ground, none of whom were Israeli citizens. The spy chief watched the operation from a command centre in Tel Aviv. Agents broke into a warehouse and had to crack more than 30 safes, he said. All operatives survived the raid and are well, he added although some had to be extracted from Iran. And finally. We are seeing more and more young children and babies slide dangerously close to sickness and potential death from malnutrition. Health UNICEF's working with our partners to provide nutrition, health care, clean water support. However, without humanitarian access to scale up our response, an estimated 30,000 plus severely malnourished children 
in those highly inaccessible areas um, are at high risk of death. People are dying. These people are coping with famine-like conditions. These people are beginning to starve. The UN Children's Agency, UNICEF, has warned that about 33,000 severely malnourished children in the Tigray region of Ethiopia are at high risk of death. Tigray has been devastated by fighting between government forces and rebels, with 1.7 million people displaced since the conflict began in November 2020. UNICEF reports that 33,000 are young children and babies are dangerously close to sickness and potential death from malnutrition. A further 2 million people are classed as on the brink of severe crisis. According to Thursday's assessment, the food situation in the region has reached the level of a catastrophe, which it defines as starvation and death affecting small groups of people spread over large areas. Crisis in, in Tigre with, uh, with the, the situation there and catastrophic um, food security situation for which people have already begun to die. This is a crisis of uh, certainly food security, but it's really a crisis of access to protection issues uh, that's preventing us from, from doing the work that's required. Um, it's an incredibly dangerous environment for us to all be working in. However, Ethiopia has rejected the claim by the UN's humanitarian chief, Mark Lowcock, that there is a famine in parts of the north of the country, and further claims that the aid is getting through. It insists that humanitarian access is being expanded as it restores order across the region. UNICEF is calling for humanitarian access to cut off areas in Tigray. Further, the US and European Union have jointly urged all warring parties to agree to a ceasefire to allow aid to reach millions in dire need and to prevent large-scale famine. Meanwhile, the Ethiopian government says Eritrean troops who have been involved in the conflict have started withdrawing from Tigray region, following months of international pressure calling on them to leave the area. So, you're all caught up. That's where we are in the world this week. Be sure to listen next week to stay up to date on the latest news around the world. Search Where We Are with Nina Porter on all podcast platforms and subscribe today to get new episodes first. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply